Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 17th. This is the start of week three. Wow, two weeks already in the book. I hope you're not fed up of football. I'm sure not. My name is Michael Nazarak. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge can be found, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, a very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, I'm certainly doing better than the average NFL starting quarterback right now. I, all of my limbs seem to be intact, which makes me an anomaly as compared to the average quarterback nowadays. Yep, that's we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Two big, huge uh, injuries. One guy gone for the year, the other guy gone for almost half the year. Uh, we're talking about big Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers, uh, elbow injury gone for the year. It's going to be rookie Mason Rudolph is going to be starting. He came into the game, uh, didn't uh, seem to phase him very much. He threw a couple of touchdowns and all, but, of course, the Steelers lost that game. But, uh, you know, uh, from, from your standpoint, let's start with Pittsburgh, Chris. What do you think of Mason Rudolph, and does this really, uh, how much of a downgrade is this for the rest of the Steelers' offense? Uh, I honestly don't think it's much of a downgrade. Not that I don't think very highly of Big Ben. It's just that my biggest thing with the Steelers is that they're getting their fantasy points because their defense is so bad and they have to throw, even with a good running back back there. And if nothing else, in garbage time, Mason Rudolph's going to put up stats. He's more than good enough from, to do what they need to do. Uh, the one thing that you, I will point out from a fantasy perspective is that you and I have always talked about on this podcast when a backup quarterback comes in, many times it's the number three wide receiver that really steps up because he's been the number one with the second unit. Remember who the number three wide receiver for Pittsburgh is. It's James Washington, who was Mason Rudolph's teammate and his star number one receiver at Oklahoma State. They came into the draft at the same time. So I would really, if you're a James Washington owner or if he's on your free agent wire, I'd really think about going out to get him because he's the kind of guy who could really step up based on the circumstances. Yep. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Pittsburgh. I, I agree with you there. He, he, he looked good, and uh, you know, and I guess this is, might be a boon for those Vance McDonald owners out there. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on over to New Orleans. Uh, unfortunately, Drew Brees, who like never misses a game in his life, uh, tore ligaments in his thumb. He went and had a second opinion, uh, and he is going to undergo surgery. And they're they're guesstimating six weeks, but I'm not sure if they're going to put him on IR or not. That would be at least eight weeks there. Uh, you know, he's hoping that uh, it's less than that uh, we won't really know until after he has the surgery they might you know give him a timetable then but uh, we're looking at Teddy Bridgewater and they got Taysom Hill there too I'm not sure if they're actually going to give him a shot or whatnot but if uh, Bridgewater uh, struggles but uh, tell, tell, talk to me about Bridgewater what you think about uh, him Chris and how this affects Mike, Mike, Michael Thomas Jerry Cook and the rest of the uh, the core there in, uh, in New Orleans 
Yeah, he actually seemed to really lock into Michael Thomas. Not unusual. You come in, you got one guy that's that good. You're going to lock in on him. So I want to see him spread the ball around like Drew Brees did because that's what made him so valuable. Um, I do actually think it bodes very well for Jared Cook, and we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, Bridgewater's always been a big fan of using the tight end, so I, I think that's possibly going to help Jared Cook you know, break out of his early season slump. I'm a little bit actually more concerned for what happens down the road. I think Drew Brees is probably going to sit out through the bye week and come back for week 10 um, for that big divisional game against Atlanta rather than come back week 8 mm-hmm. right before the bye. My bigger concern mm-hmm. is with him having to try and grip the ball, it's going to affect how he throws his precision. They're going to get him back in the lineup as soon as they can, and if he's not 100%, you might be playing with a substandard physically Drew Brees, which could actually hurt the team then. I think probably Teddy Bridgewater is a smart enough, good enough quarterback to get them by for now, especially with, like you said, Taysom Hill putting in some some gadget plays in there. Um, I'm a little bit more worried about what happens when Drew Brees comes back, quite honestly, because I'm I'm a little concerned about that hand. It looked pretty bad to grip that ball. Okay, uh, I didn't even put this on the on the uh, on, on the list here right, because it's not an injury. But of course, my Giants are making a quarterback change this week. They're finally going with uh, Daniel Jones, the rookie, instead of Eli Manning. They're going to bench him. And Eli Manning, if you think he's going to be traded somewhere, it's probably not going to happen because number one, he's got a high salary. Number two, he's got a no trade clause, and he wants to stay where he is right now. So he's probably going to play behind Daniel Jones at least for the foreseeable future here. But let's say you're a fantasy football player and uh, you do have Big Ben or, or Drew Brees. Uh, in your opinion, Chris, who do you target here to pick up if you got Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, those guys? Uh, who do you like the best for the short-term period to kind of get you uh, kickstart your team? I do like Mason Rudolph for all the reasons I just talked about. I think he's going to have more opportunities to throw. You look at a team like, like New Orleans, Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to probably try and protect him by using Latavius Murray and, and, and Alvin Kamara a lot more. Um, you look at, at Daniel Jones, he just doesn't have the weapons right now for the short term. He's got some guys injured and suspended in Golden Tate. So uh, I like Daniel Jones, and I probably might even take him ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, even though I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best NFL quarterback of the three. For fantasy, I would probably rank them Mason Rudolph, a clear one, probably take my chances with Daniel Jones, and then Teddy Bridgewater, three. Wow. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, another injury that just cropped up today, and I didn't put it on the list. You reminded me about it. Cam Newton, that foot, uh, aggravated it. We knew something was wrong because he wasn't running uh, fourth and one. The game's on the line late in the game. You're going to give it to – I mean, he's going to take it himself. Cam Newton, right? No. They direct snapped it to Christian McCaffrey, and he didn't make it, and they lost the game. So now they say that he aggravated his foot sometime in the in the game. I think he was 7 of 8 uh, passing until he aggravated it, and then the rest of the way he really struggled. Uh, didn't really show that much uh, you know, in, in his play, but w- w- everyone knew there was something going on there. Well, it looks like he's going to be you know, uncertain to play. He didn't practice uh, today uh, to get out on the field. They went a little bit early, and we're going to see if he's listed what's going to happen the rest of the week here. But it looks like Kyle Allen might be – might be playing here, and uh, I guess uh, just to tell me if, if if Cam Newton doesn't play, do you do you bench guys like DJ Moore and Greg Olson and all? Uh, you know, I know that everything's going to go through Christian McCaffrey. You're going to start him no matter what. But what do you what do you think with Kyle Allen back there? Yeah, I'm, I'm I haven't seen enough of, of him to to know what to expect. So I would say unless you've got a guy like a Christian McCaffrey who's a no brainer start. And maybe even Greg Olson, just because you know that's kind of a safety valve type guy. I'm I'm kind of thinking all the wideouts. I want to play in wait and see mode if Kyle Allen's in there, just just because I have no idea what to expect. 
Yeah, this is if we could talk all day about quarterbacks here. One more big injury update: uh, Michael Gallup uh, uh, came up with a uh, sore knee on Monday, and he had an MRI, and he's out uh, two to four weeks after having surgery to repair uh, a trim a meniscus injury there. So uh, you know he hopes to be back, but closer to two rather than four. But it uh, looks like Devin Smith's going to slide into his role there. He had a, a big catch, three big catches, and one of them was a 51-yard touchdown pass this past week. So uh, if you've got Gallup and you can't get a hold of somebody like Randall Cobb who plays a slot there, Devin Smith might be an option there for you there. Let's go right to the injury list here, uh, and uh, I'm going to try and whip through this really quick. Uh, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, he's still out with the mono. Uh, he's targeting a week five return there, and the Jets are just hoping they're not going to be 0-3, and they probably will be 0-3, uh, you know, because they have the, week, the bye week in week four, and they play the Patriots this week, so uh, good luck there. Uh, Marcus Mariota with a quad injury. It's very minor, uh, not serious. He practiced fully today. He looks like he's good to go on Thursday. Uh, James Conner with the knee uh, in Pittsburgh. He says he'll play. We'll see. He didn't finish that game this past week, and of course they, they need him there, but uh, if you've got Conner like I do in one or two leagues, you probably own Jalen Samuels, and like I do, and that's who will play uh, and start if Conner can't go. Josh Jacobs has a groin injury. Not much was said about that. We'll see if he practices later this week. LaShawn McCoy, ankle, is not too serious after an MRI. He hopes to play this week. We'll see if he practices. Damian Williams with the knee. They're not really talking about that either in Kansas City. We'll see uh, later this week if he practices. Tevin Coleman with a high ankle sprain, likely out in one to five more weeks there. Devin Singletary with a hamstring. He's day-to-day in Buffalo. We'll see if he can practice later this week and go from there. Uh, moving on over to wide receivers, Tyree Hill with a shoulder expected to miss three to five more weeks there. A.J. Green, people were saying eight to six to eight weeks, uh, which might put him back this week or next week. And he said, no, nah, I don't know where you guys came up with that. It's going to be longer. So I would expect probably another two to two to four or five weeks on A.J. Green there. Uh, Josh uh, John Ross has just been kicking it, really, in, in place of him that right there. So if, if Ross is still on your waiver wire, uh, I don't know where you're living. But, uh, you know, if you picked him up, you could be able to start him at least for another week or two or three or four, depending on when Green comes back. Tyrell Williams with a hip pointer. Uh, John Gruden said that. He didn't – expound on it so we'll see if he practices later this week that's a little bit concerned he's got a he's got a tough matchup way xavier rose in minnesota this week a uh, dj chark with an ankle uh practice on today fully uh, so he looks like he's going to be good good to go on thursday night chris conley was still limited with his hip uh they hope that he'll be able to play there alshon jeffrey with a calf with the Eagles. eagles just fell apart on sunday night um, I don't know about you, Chris, but I had a couple of uh, uh, players that were going against me, Dallas Godard and uh, and D- Deshaun Jackson, and uh, I had like a 20-some-odd lead. I'm like, I might lose this game. Well, no, because those guys never played or They never made any impact because they left so early. Anyway, Alshon Jeffrey with the calf, his status is uncertain for this week. Deshaun Jackson got an MRI in his groin, uh, abdominal strain. He's out two weeks. Uh, Godard, no word on him yet. Uh, back to New York, uh, Sterling Shepard with a concussion. Uh, status is uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. Albert Wilson with a hip calf down Miami. His uns- uh, status is uncertain. We'll see what happens there. Uh, moving to tight end real quickly, Hunter Henry with the knees. Expected to miss four to six more weeks there. Tyler Higby had a, a, a serious lung contusion. He's out for a while, so don't bank on him playing for a couple, a couple of least, a weeks at least. Jordan Reed still with a concussion. Uh, who knows when he's going to play. Vernon Davis is playing in front of him. Uh, Tyler Crawford the foot he's getting better in buffalo we, we don't know if he'll play this week or not michael Badgley with a right groin is expected to play um this week and we'll see if he gets through the uh week of practice and let's see i think it was darius leonard um hold on 
a sec. Darius Leonard. I'm looking it up. I just had that it. That is Here correct. He's he in the concussion, the concussion protocol, and the, uh, they won't know that's, anything that's... probably till at least Friday. Yeah, that's right for your Colts. That's why you brought that up because he is a, normally a top 10, 15 uh, IDP guy. So we'll see what happens later in the week there. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff there, including our daily NFL quick bits. Uh, any kind of information on Antonio Brown is going to be released there as it happens. Uh, the accuser of Antonio Brown met with the NFL today, uh, Brittany Taylor, for uh, 10 hours. So um, no word yet whether they're going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Uh, we'll have that as soon as it breaks. Uh, breaks. We'll uh, let you know on our website. And, of course, we're posting free Eye in the Sky scanning reports on a weekly basis. I think, uh, Chris, you're doing two, right? You're releasing one uh, on the previous week's review on Monday, Tuesday, and then updating and doing a preview on Thursday, Friday, and we appreciate that. Lots of other scouts are, are, are doing weekly reports, too. Our weekly uh, fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury quick bits as well as expanded picks to click and flick. The Marjka feature, the NFL game matchup analysis uh, by John Cooney, as well as new mastermind moments by myself. And, of course, we rank all the players on Wednesday and update, update that on Saturday. Uh, we have the inside slant, holler from the cheap seats, a lot of good uh, late-breaking uh, uh, fantasy reaches on Saturday. Um, and, of course, uh, the holler from the cheap seats is important this week because he mentions uh, the bye weeks and uh, the implication the, that to your fantasy team. So check it out. You can check it out normally thirty five ninety five if you use the following six-star premium newsletter discount code EDGE6. E-D-G-E, the number six, you can get $6 off, and that's that'll bring it down to twenty nine ninety five. And please follow me on Twitter, at FF Mastermind. Let's go right to the picks to click and flick for this week, week three in the NFL. These are guys that you might want to consider benching, not tossing off your roster, or starting, depending on the matchup or the situation that these players find themselves in. Uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week in a while, Chris. I love Matt Stafford this week. Uh, the Eagles have allowed the most pass attempts by far, the second most passing yards this year, and they were even playing from behind in one game, so the other team didn't have to pass. Um, I see no reason why this won't be another high-volume passing day for the Lions on the road where Stafford has actually been better than at home. You know, the Bears last year, as good as they were, are the only team in the last two years to intercept Matt Stafford on the road. And when you look at some of his other recent history, three of his last four 300-yard games are on the road, and three of his last four 300-yard games are against NFC teams not in his division. Perfectly set up historically and with, with the stats for him to have a big day. And then you've got to like Josh Allen. He's, really, he's been a top-10 fantasy quarterback and been very consistent, 24, 25 points each week, rushing score each week. The Bengals can't stop anyone, and the Bills are 2-0 and when coming home for their home opener. Man, this could get ugly fast. Okay, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. 
you're not going to be well. The first one's not uh, going to be surprising. Dak Prescott, eh, he gets his turn against the tanking Dolphins. You know what that means? Multiple touchdown passes. I know Zeke's probably going to run for 150 yards and a score or two in this game, but I think uh, Dallas is probably going to win this game like 38 to three, something like that. So Dak Prescott's probably going to have three plus touchdowns in this. So it's an automatic start, uh, even with the t- you know Tom Brady last week got that touchdown and it <laughs> brought his his uh, totals up to almost 30 points. Uh, the other guy I like this week, James Winston, uh, after a bad week one, he kind of rebounded last week uh conservative a little bit but uh, you know he got the job done there he's connecting better or at least with chris godwin i think this week he gets on track with mike evans and of course the new york giants defense sucks and i hate saying that that's my team but yeah they can't stop anybody multiple touchdown passes from Jameis winston in this game so if you've got him and uh your other quarterbacks uh, big ben don't worry about it just start plugging winston and you're good to go a couple of quarterbacks i'm not crazy about this week Case Keenum, I know he's had two big weeks in a row, kind of been surprising there. Well, he gets the Bears this week, and uh, they clamp down on both Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco last the past two weeks, uh, allowing very little in terms of scores. And uh, so I wouldn't take a chance on Keenum this week. And, of course, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm like you. Uh, you know, I like Mason Rudolph a little bit better than him. I think he's going to lock in a lot to Mike, Michael Thomas, and I think Seattle's going to kind of limit that uh, connection there. I just don't like it, the matchup in Seattle. So if you need a fill-in for one week, I would avoid Bridgewater this week. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, a couple of caution plays, guys, you would normally start. I'll start with Deshaun Watson. Um, there's reason to be concerned here. With the beating he's taking every week, they're going to have to minimize his hits, and running the ball a ton against the Chargers with their solid secondary is, seems like a good idea. They can avoid Bosa and Ingram. Seems like, seems like a good bet. They also have Casey Hayward shadowing his top target, which, I, I mean, Hopkins is still Hopkins, but that is a, that is a tough matchup. I also look at his last three games played on grass. He's averaging 186 passing yards and under 16 fantasy points per game. I'd, I'd stay away from Deshaun Watson if you've got another good option. Like we do in Fanex, we can put Prescott in. Um, I also am concerned about Baker Mayfield this week. He's really not looked like himself so far this year, and even his 300-yard game on Monday night was really the product of one big play. Um, he couldn't get it going against a bad defense, and this week he gets more pressure from the front seven and better coverage in the secondary to deal with. I'd be surprised if he's more than a mid-level number two this week, so you might have a better option on your bench. Yep. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? A couple of sneaky ones, especially for DFS. I love Carlos Hyde this week. He's very quietly fifth in the NFL in rushing, averaging nearly six yards a carry, and he started serving the workhorse role last week now that he's up to speed with the Houston offense. I think this week he's going to shoulder a huge load against that weak Chargers run defense, again, to protect Watson. And I think he's got a solid chance at a ground score as well. Great DFS play, solid RB number two this week. And then I think I like Raheem Mostert, uh, the best in that mix in San Francisco. Bryda always seems to get hurt as soon as he starts to play well, and Mostert's waiting in the wings. And even when healthy the last week, so the looks are getting the looks each are getting are very telling. Monster's getting all the targets in the air and way more red zone snaps and touches than Bryda, who is mostly working between the 20s. Steelers are reeling a bit, so I think this could be a tough week on the road as San Francisco opens at home. I like him better, even in a committee in a PPR format. Okay. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, well, I, I already mentioned him, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I know that, uh, well, uh, Cam Newton may not play, Kyle Allen, all those just lean more on McCaffrey. And they're, guess what? They're playing the Cardinals. Very uh, easy run defense to run against. I think McCaffrey's not only going to uh, run uh, for a lot of yards in this game, probably over 100 
he's going to score at least once or, or twice, and he's going to catch more passes this week. It's going to be a good rebound game. Uh, McCaffrey, I think his, his output last week, seven and a half, was like his lowest uh, point total in like more than a year. So, anyway, stick with him. Uh, Peyton Barber, uh, Tampa Bay. I think he's going to score against my Giants. He's going to get the start there, and they all say they're going to ride the hot hand. Well, uh, he ran well last week, uh, got most of the touches there, got a score against Carolina, and the Giants' defense is much easier and softer. So I think Barber's going to impress and carry most of the load that week uh, this week uh, for. Tampa Bay. So if you got him and you need him, start him. A couple of running backs I'm not crazy about this week. I love Adrian Peterson and what he's doing in Washington, but I don't like him playing against the Bears this week. He doesn't catch many passes. That's Chris Thompson's role. Adrian Peterson probably about 25, 30 yards uh, rushing this week, and uh, it's going to be very tough for him to score. Uh, my caution play of the week goes to Nick Chubb. Uh, kind of struggled a little bit against the Jets on Monday night, although he did score. I think you've got to temper your expectations against the Rams. Um, you know, the, the Browns had so much hype uh, around them. Baker Mayfield's kind of struggling. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Rams are just going to limit Nick Chubb this week. You're going to play him and all, but I would just temper your expectations there. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Yeah, you want to talk about temper your expectations. Here's two guys. Again, you probably can't afford to bench, but you have to expect a little less from I'll start with David Johnson. He salvaged his week last week with a short score, but his usage and the Cardinals' struggles in the red zone have me worried about him, especially this week. Uh, that wrist injury last week is a non-factor, but the Panthers' defense is a real factor, especially in close in that red zone. You probably, again, you probably won't bench him, but expect very little in this matchup at this time with this offense. And then I'm, I have a caution play for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, besides the fact that the Patriots have a really, really good defense and they've allowed no one to run on them yet, Belichick's forte is taking away your best option. Well, Le'Veon Bell is really the Jets' only option right now, and the Pats will certainly dare their third-string quarterback to beat them in the air and stack the box. Could be a long day for Lev. I think he could have, like, 30 touches for 40 yards. The only thing is that if you're in a PPR format, of course, uh, hopefully he catches yeah, 10 yeah. like he did on Monday night. But, yeah, you got to temper your expectations there. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? I like two guys named Robinson this week. I'll start with Allen Robinson. The Redskins have allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers so far. Robinson's easily the main target for Trubisky. 20 targets. All the other wide receivers combined only have 14. Stick with them again this week. You'll be rewarded with some solid PPR volume. He's also generally been far better as a PPR machine on the road than at home as a Bear. Uh, and Josh Norman has struggled in the shadow coverage so far, so I, I like Allen Robinson. And then DeMarcus Robinson, I kind of touted him last week as, as the, uh, the, the best replacement for Tyreek Hill for your fantasy roster over the rookie Hardman, uh, despite the fact the rookie's more explosive and more like Hill. But Robinson is the more polished receiver by far and actually scored a touchdown in each of the last three weeks of 2018 as well, if you look back. Snap count also bears out that Robinson was used more, 91% of the snaps in week two, and he's the one I would hang my hat on as the most consistent fantasy producer um, until Tyreek Hill gets back. Yeah, I tell you that I think Demarcus Robinson is probably going to be the top uh, waiver wire pickup, at least from the wide receiver position for the week, probably maybe even the top guy. And Nicole Hardman is going to be right behind him. Uh, a couple of guys that I like this week, uh, well, I'm going to stick with my Tampa Bay theme and Mike Evans because I've got him on a couple of teams and he's been disappointing. But guess what? He gets the Giants this week. I think Winston's going to have a good game. Uh, I think both God, Godwin and Evans score in this game, and I think Mike puts up close to 100 yards, if not 100 yards, and a score. So start him. Don't, don't bench him. It's a good, it's good 
it's good for this week. Okay, John Brown, Buffalo, another productive game against the Bengals. Uh, that's one of my comment on him. Uh, you know, he's just been uh, phenomenal as the lead receiver for the Bills this week, and the Bengals just can't stop anyone in the air. I think that, uh, you know, like you said, Josh Allen's going to have a good game, and I think one of the touchdowns is going to go to John Brown. So if you got him, stick with him this week. A couple of guys I'm I'm kind of wary about this week, uh, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, you know, we were kind of up in the air about uh, Minshew, Gardner Minshew taking over, whether we'd like Westbrook or D.J. Chark or Chris Connolly, and it looks like he favors D.J. Chark, one, Connolly, two. He threw five times to D.D. Westbrook but only completed one pass last week, and that's not good. Um, They're playing a very good Tennessee defense at home on Thursday night this week. I'm just not trusting D.D. Westbrook because of last week's output. I don't see the connection until I see it. I'm going to be sitting Westbrook on my fantasy teams. And across the field, Corey Davis. Oh, boy, the guy's got so much talent, but he's just on the wrong team. Mariota's regressed. Uh, the Titans are clearly a run-first offense, and when Mariota throws, he throws to Delaney Walker, and now he throws to A.J. Brown, the rookie. So Corey Davis hasn't done much. He didn't catch anything in week one, and last week he caught two or three small passes. So I think you sit him until you produce something of value, and who knows if that's going to happen this Thursday night, but I'm not going to take a chance until it actually happens, so I sit him. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'm not worried about him overall, but this week's a really bad matchup for him as the Broncos usually limit the big plays, which are his forte. He's also had a really weird split where he's been much better on the road than at home in his young career. He's never topped 13 PPR points at Lambeau, and even that day he had a fluke long play. He had like a 75-yard touchdown that he didn't score on. Uh, He was still on the field a whole lot more than Allison last week, literally twice as many snaps and all the other wide receivers, so... But, you know, I think he's still the guy, but this is another likely low fantasy production week for MVS. And then I don't like Brandon Cooks this week. I think he's the guy that's going to get the Denzel Ward shadow coverage in that matchup against the Browns, as he te- as Ward tends to say with the smaller, speedy guys on the outside. And the Rams' three-headed monster at wide receiver, Goff's just got somewhere else to go in his assault, especially his top guy, Cooper Cup, who's going to line up in the slot away from Denzel Ward. So I think with the Browns overall limiting opposing wide receivers better than anyone, I'm going to stay away from the guy that's probably going to have their best guy covering him. Okay. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? The tight ends, this should be a fun discussion because you and I differ quite a bit on these. I'm going to start with Jared <laughs> Cook uh, because I know many are giving up on him, but this matchup says otherwise. First of all, the Seahawks have been bludgeoned by the tight end for the most receptions so far. They allowed two touchdowns last week to the tight end and ten catches to Bengals tight ends in week one. Ick. Uh, Jared Cook's usage did tick up with Bridgewater under center last week. He was actually the second most targeted guy by far after Michael Thomas. And you remember that Kyle Rudolph led the team in touchdowns and targets when Bridgewater was last a starter in Minnesota. So I, I like Jared Cook uh, for the short term, especially this week. And then I like Evan Engram again. I mean, it's hard to trust any giant pass catcher, but you can be sure that the Bucks, you know, will, will be exposed to the tight end as they've already allowed 14 catches and 19 targets to the position in two weeks. Some of Daniel Jones' strengths really fit the type of play that should help Ingram be successful too, and they did connect well in the preseason when they played together. This looks like a good chance for volume despite a bad overall NFL matchup. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Jason Witten, uh, he scored in each of the first two games. He doesn't catch for much yards, but he is catching three or four passes a week. And guess what? He gets the Dolphins this week. So something tells you they're going to get around the 10, 5, 10-yard line there. And, uh, well, Zeke will get his, but then I think Witten's going to get his too. So I think there's going to be a score there. So if you need Witten, start him. Uh, George Kittle, uh, 
I'm going to tell you, stick with him. Okay, I know way into much and all. He had two touchdowns called back on penalties in week one. I know he was only targeted three times last week, but they're playing the Steelers at home this week, and I think that Kittle's going to be wanting to get some love from Garoppolo, so I think he's going to score this week against the Steelers. He's just too good to sit, so you stick with him. And a couple of guys that I'm not crazy about this week, I'll, I'll first go with O.J. Howard, which is the automatic bench. Unstartable until he gets his act together. Uh, you know, he, he just fumbled. A, actually, he, yeah, he had a pass go off his hands, intercepted in week one, and he's just he dropped another one. Uh, and then last week he spent 55 snaps, probably like 50 of them blocking. So, uh, you know, they asked uh, Bruce Arians about this. He goes, well, sometimes we go to this guy, sometimes we go to that guy. We're not um, purposely avoiding Jordan, uh, O.J. Howard, but, you know, it is what it is, and it'll happen when it happens. Well, Bruce Arians never been a tight end lover there. So you sit O.J. Howard until things do change there. And then, of course, my other flick for this week is Jared Cook. <laughs> and my comment was already wasting away. I know, I know, Teddy Bridgewater now the quarterback. He likes to throw the tight end and all. But until I actually see it with my eyes where it actually catches he catches the balls and, and produces and all, I just think it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a risk to go with, uh, with Jared Cook right now based on what's happened so far. And I say this also because my backup to Jared Cook in the two leagues where I have him is Mark Andrews, who is no longer a backup. He's the number one tight end in fantasy. So I may be a little bit uh, 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 biased, but, uh, you know, I'm, I want to see Cook do something before uh, I start him. Anyway, what about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, I'll talk about using what my eyes see, and I'm going to make George Kittle my caution play this week. I, I mean, his role has been changing to include a lot more inline blocking for the run game. His target share has dropped as the offense overall has played better, kind of the way it was designed to be. I'm going to couple that with the fact that Pittsburgh has allowed amongst the fewest tight end yards, receptions, and targets so far. means that Kittle might again have a lower volume week for a player that has lived on volume as a fantasy player. Until I see him being the George Kittle of old, I'm going to say you've got to start him, but he's a caution play for me. And then a bigger a, a caution play that I think you want to sit, absolutely, is David Njoku. He's still trying to find his way this year, and now he's in the concussion protocol. He's on a short week as well because of the Monday night game. And even if he plays, the Rams have allowed, have allowed an absurd 33% completion rate to tight ends and amongst the fewest in all stat categories. You just stay away from him this week. Okay, how about uh, your hit, one-hit wonders uh, at kicker and defense? Hit me with them, Chris. I like Aldrick Roses for the Giants. The Bucks have allowed four field goal attempts each game so far, so what's not to like there? And I like Zane Gonzalez from, from Arizona. Carolina's got a really stout red zone defense, and Arizona moves the ball a ton between the 20s and then fizzles. Gonzo has seven field goal attempts already. He's probably going to have three or four more this week. Then a couple of defenses. Obviously, you start with Dallas hosting Miami. I mean, uh, how do you not like any defense facing the Dolphins right now? We'll just leave it at that. And then I like Tampa Bay against your Giants, hosting your Giants. Uh, the Bucks have actually been surprisingly good in both reality and fantasy so far on defense, and they host a Giants team that's reeling, injured a wide receiver, and getting a rookie quarterback making his first start. I agree with you totally on those defenses. In fact, I was just finalizing the uh, rankings for the week, and I got Dallas number two and Tampa Bay number three behind New England number one. So <laughs> you've got a lot of good options for defenses if you want to stream uh, Tampa Bay probably on your way, uh, way we are there. Anyway, we want to remind everyone that a premium package purchase, uh, which would be the newsletters for $29.95, if you use the code EDGE6, gets you free access to our premium subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week four of the 2019 NFL season. 
Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.